my bourbon gently weeps. Welcome to Boozy Bracketology, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris, and I'm going to be your host and possible fifth panelist as we continue our deep dive into the world of the Beatles. We are going to be determining what their best song is, and we are in the round of 64 in our fourth quadrant. The last uh, 17 songs are here. And we're going to be jumping right in. Before we jump into the bracket, let's jump in and meet our panelists starting off in Alabama. Nate, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? And I hear there is a, a guest we have with us tonight. Yes. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, I do have a guest for a round for, for a song coming up that we're discussing. And uh, tonight, um, I, um, I said this recently, I'm new to the state, have not been to any local brewery, so I'm just finishing up a case of yingling I got that is quite refreshing for these Beatles conversations. Ooh. Well, let's keep on going. We're going to take a road trip all the way out to Reno, Nevada, via Winnemucca, Nevada. Sarah, my friend, how are you doing? And what beer from the Great Basin Brewery are you drinking tonight? You didn't need to do that. I am I'm throwing you off. So this right here is a stolen bear. Um, my brother left it in my fridge and he's going to be mad at me because I just took the last one. Uh, it is a campfire stout. So Ooh. it's stout with graham crackers, molasses and other natural flavors. Yum. It is freaking delicious and it's not small. So ha. I'm in trouble, but it's going to be worth it. That sounds worth every calorie. For sure. Oh man, now I might now my stomach is jealous. Speaking of jealous, the Prince of Palm Harbor is back, ladies and gentlemen. You should be jealous. I'm looking at Mr. Jeff Gore. Same two to you, oh, sir. Oh sure. Um not sure why anyone would want to be jealous, but they might after I tell you what I'm drinking. Um yet again, as we learned in the last show, uh Obsession compulsive disorder is a fun thing, and when you do things that are just completely unnecessary, uh, you end up buying a bunch of beer just for the fuck of it. Um, <laughs> so in my box of beer that I acquired in the midst of a uh, random D&D game, I bought a six-pack of the Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever had this before. I know probably a lot of people have had the... Uh, Kentucky, uh, what is it? The Bourbon Barrel Ale. Um, that's a relatively popular one. But this one is, I would say, the closest thing to dessert that you can drink outside of a milkshake. Um, it is incredible. Um, yet again, aged in bourbon barrels. So uh, if you ever want something that is delicious, sweet, and definitely feels like regret, Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale is your go-to. And you just described my dating profile back when I was single. We are moving right <laughs> along. <laughs> Mike, over to you, sir. <laughs> to be to be honest, uh, after you referred to Jeff as the Prince of Palm Harbor, I thought you were going to refer to me as the Princess of Huntsville, Alabama, because <laughs> my daughters have been referring, but been they've been in like a princess mode recently. So my brain is just all they changed. My Disney Plus avatar from R2-D2 to Rapunzel. <laughs> it, it's bad. It, no. But it's no, funnier I'm, when you realize you don't have much of what Rapunzel is known for. 
Oh. That's the actually that's the one reason I thought it was a welcome change, um, <laughs> but yes, that was also pointed out by Nikki, so I appreciate that. I'm doing great though, Chris. Honestly, uh, and for tonight's episode, I brought uh, a beer in Sarah's honor. Uh, this is a American wheat ale with blueberry. I'm representing local bre- local breweries. What's that? props for the blueberry i need i thought you would appreciate that yeah i i represent local breweries again tonight i've got the uh straight to ale brewery right here in huntsville alabama here it's their honeysuckle blue this is a super refreshing beer uh that is much needed on a hot day like today uh and i'm going to enjoy it and i very well might pop another one before this episode is over very nice very nice well, uh, I promised last time that I'd be switching it up to bourbon, but uh, that's not going to happen. I'm still yeah. on my uh, hard seltzer kick, if you want to call it that, or there buy one, get one. I'm going to have to get through them eventually, so why not tonight? Uh, this is still another Michelob Ultra organic. I don't know why <laughs> why they're advertising it as organic, um, but this is a berry hibiscus. Because it contains carbon? You can find Mike on the Pub Trivia Experience podcast <laughs> <as> well. <laughs> and that is like drinking a shitty plant. We are moving <laughs> right along. <laughs> All right, Nate, you're, Nathan, you're going to be kicking us off here. You have got the uh, the play-in game battle for the 16th seed. It's either going to be, I should have known better, or it won't be long. Take us away. This one was easy for me. Um it won't be long. It's, uh, it's, it's a fine early so- early Beatles song. It's fine. Um, I should have known better. My favorite part of the Hard Day's Night movie is that when they're on the train and they're in that cramped little car and they're playing cards and they just break into uh, I should have known better and the women are cheering them on and whatnot. One of them, I think, later became George's first wife, if I remember right. Um but I just love that scene. It's just, it's, it's, it's fun. It's my favorite song in the movie. Uh, I need to give this to, I should have known better. I should have known better picks up its first vote. The next vote here goes to Sarah. I think I'm going to go along with that. I'm going to give my vote to, I should have known better. Uh, it's in a weird way, kind of a sweet romantic song. Um, short and simple. It's what I got. I should have known better. All right, Jeff, over to you. Uh, yeah, I think that there is a uh, a trending thread through these shows so far that there is a uh, sort of a generic early Beatles sound that some songs fit into. Um, and It Won't Be Long is kind of one of those songs fits into that kind of um, jangly guitar, harmony, Beatles style that they were uh, lauded for from the beginning. Um, but I think that, you know, a little bit of, uh, unique instrumentation and whether that means just adding a harmonica or not helps, um, except the tambourine. We don't need that. (laughs) So, um, I, I should have known better. I think is going to be the, uh, the vote for me here. All right. And we're bringing it over to Mike. Do we have a sweep? Well, this one was actually really tough for me. And if you had asked me. I would say even two weeks ago, I probably would have given the sweep and gone for I should have known better. I really do love that song. 
uh, as Nathan said, I always think of that scene in Hard Day's Night when they're on the train playing cards and they start playing it. And I picture John playing the harmonica. It's one of the last times I feel like that he played the harmonica that seemed like it was basically glued to his lips for the first uh, three albums. Uh, I really love that song. But It Won't Be Long is a song that I have sung to my daughters a lot to try and kind of teach them patience. Like I'll sing like, you know, if they'll ask like, when, when is blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, it won't be long. Yeah. Yeah. I start singing that. And just this past week, uh, I said something to, I think I said to Abby, something along the lines of, you know, be patient or something. And she, and she sang to me, it won't be long. Yeah, 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 yeah. And melted my freaking heart. And then she asked me who does that song? And I was like, oh, it's the Beatles. And she's like, oh, that's the Beatles. It's like, so that just captured my heart. So I, so like I said, if we had done this uh, recording just a little bit ago, probably would have given the sweep. Uh, It doesn't matter. And regardless, the winner of this matchup is obviously going to be annihilated in the next game, but I'm going to be uh, giving, uh, it won't be long a vote here as I think actually the only, is that the only song off with the Beatles? That makes me feel bad, but there we go. Well, we all knew it wouldn't be long. We are moving on. Sarah, you're kicking us off. You've got the one seed of Hey Jude, the 16th seed I should have known better. Let's see if this goes the way Mike thinks it's going to go. Probably. Uh, I should have known better who, what. Uh, Hey Jude. So I actually would love to hear your guys' opinion on this song because I've heard two different schools of the meaning behind this song. That it's about drug use. And the second one being that it was an ode to John's son, Jules, um, while they're going through a divorce. And I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. But, I mean, Hey Jude is just one of those songs. I've never heard so many na 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 nas in my life, and nobody cares. Uh, it, it's probably one of the most well-known Beatles songs, I think, personally. But, yeah, this that's not a question. Hey Jude gets my vote. All right. Hey Jude picks up its first vote. The next vote goes to Jeff. Uh, yeah, I think we've said everything that we need to say about any song that would go up against Hey Jude. Um, you know, any of those other songs uh, probably didn't start a, uh, a naming revolution. Um, I know that there's many, many Judes out there and uh, middle first, probably last name. Who knows? Uh, just because of this song, um, it's uh, it's an incredible song, and yet another one of the uh, the songs that I don't think I was able to really touch on last episode, but uh, one of those uh, piano driven songs. Um, hey Jude is incredible, and we'll talk about more talk about it more later. Well, there's a lot of confidence in Hey Jude. Next pick here goes to Mike. Chris, I have so much confidence in Hey Jude that I'm just going to read exactly what I wrote down. I know I can tend to be verbose. But I'm going to talk about Hey Jude a lot more later. A lot more. So for now, I'm just going to vote it along. And Nathan, over to you. Hey Jude uh, was one of my most played songs last year. It's just a song that says, um, you know what? Things might be rough, but it's going to be okay. I also think it's a little ironic that, um, you know, it was called, it was for Julian Lennon. Jules got changed to Jude and Jude St. Jude is the uh, patron saint of desperate cases and lost causes. 
And when you bring that fact into it, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Um, it, things are going to get better. Uh, don't carry the world upon your shoulders. That's a stupid lyric, but I know exactly what it means and it works. Um, and so, yeah, I got to vote for Hey Jude. And Hey Jude has the sweep. It's moving on to the round of 32. We are moving on. This next one here is going to be started off with Jeff. Jeff, you have got the 8-9 matchup, the 8 seed, Golden Slumber, slash Carry That Weight, slash The End, taking on the 9 seed of Get Back. Yeah, well, if there's uh, if there's one thing that I like in these song brackets, it's voting for one song. Um <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest, uh, before this bracket, I had never heard of uh, the Trinity. I mean, I, do I need to list all of these names here? Um, but uh, but Get Back is a, is a great classic song. Um, I, I actually learned that I like the others. Um, they're good, but they don't carry any weight like Get Back does. Um, so for me, it's Get Back. All right, Get Back gets one third of a vote. Next vote here goes out of mic. Yes, I 100% cheated on this one. I, I admit it. I don't apologize for it. I don't care. It, it had to be done. Uh, I mentioned in the last episode, I know, and I don't think I meant, I don't think I mentioned in any of the previous episodes, but I did get the chance to see uh, Sir Paul live. And this is what he closes with. All three of these together because they're inextricably linked. They lead right into each other. They're obviously part of the longer melody at the end of Abbey Road. But I feel like there's enough of a distinct break before Golden Slumbers that they can they sit as, as at their own unique thing. And they're and it's an absolutely beautiful song suite that was clearly meant and structured to be a final send off for the Beatles. You know, as Paul opens by singing, once there was a way to get back home, like once once this could have kept going, but we've gone our different directions. And but we're going to leave you with this final thought and it carries it through all of the different struggles that they're going through about the weight that they're going to carry moving forward. And then it concludes with, you know what, in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. It is absolutely poetic and beautiful the way that they recorded these. And I love get back. It's fantastic. Um, there's a there's a lot going for it. It's got this great driving rhythm. I, I love it's it's another instance of of a little bit of Beatle gender bending like they did in Obla D, where it's like you know Sweet Loretta Martin thought she was another woman, thought she was woman, but she was another man. Like I love I love that it, it and I love that it was like the, it started off as this political song ranting against uh, the one of the politicians at the time. I think it was the prime minister talking about immigration and stuff like that, and they you know they were making fun of that whole thing. And that they then they just kind of said, let's drop the let's drop the politics and just kind of make this thing. It's a great song. I love Get Back, but uh, the the little tr Trinity I like Trinity or or, or trilogy uh, suite that closes out Abbey Road will always have my heart. I, I brought up my my girls in the in the first matchup, and Golden Slumbers is a song that I still frequently sing to them when I put them dead at night. Um, and sometimes if they're still not quite settled, I will continue and sing sing the rest. And again leaving them with the thought of, about uh, love, you know, seeing love you, love you repeatedly like they do in the end is a great way to put them to bed. So I'm going to give my vote to Golden Slumber slash Carry That Weight slash The End. And Mike picks up the other two-thirds of Jeff's one vote. <laughs> Combined, they have got one vote for three songs. All right, Nathan, over to you, sir. 
I've always thought that the medley was a little overrated at times. I know that's that's Beatles heresy, but um, <clears throat> I've always kind of thought that. I've also always thought that Get Back was kind of always the overplayed Beatles song that I just heard every single time. But recently in the last um, little bit, I've each each one of those songs has hit me differently. This uh, this last weekend, I took a nice long bubble bath. And I'm like, okay, I can time it to the last half of Abbey Road. Yeah. And I listened to the medley uh, while taking a bubble bath. And I'm and I I'm not a shower or bathroom singer, but for some reason I was singing along to all of it. And when Golden Slumbers hit, I was like, Pavar, I, I was singing really, really well. I thought the dog didn't think so, uh, or the cat. <laughs> but um, but so that hit me differently recently. Get back. It was almost euphoric watching the recent Beatles documentary on Disney Plus, watching how that song was developed from just uh, essentially those preliminary song lyrics that, that, that Paul had, and then just kind of playing with, with, with uh, John, who, you know, to the, to, to the last time they worked together, just the best songwriting duo of all time. They made each other better in so many ways. And it just, all of a sudden, boom, in this big bang, they create Get Back. And so I think, and in my notebook, I circled the medley, the, the three song medley, but I think I'm gonna change my vote. And I think I'm going to go and change my vote to Get Back. And with that, Get Back picks up its first vote. It is technically a one-to-one tie. Sarah, it's over to you. I also voted for Get Back. You got one-third of a vote. You might get the other two-thirds. You voted for Warm Song. Mike voted for the other two. I'm really confused. I don't even know where what's going to happen when I vote. It depends. <laughs> if you vote for the Trinity, you have to mention all three songs and have an affinity for all three. I have to say Trinity. Definity? Okay. Um, yeah. So I mentioned in the last episode, <laughs> sorry, Jeff gave a, a look that just made me chuckle. Um, I mentioned in the last episode that I, there was one, there was one matchup I thought was like just so equal. This was the second one. Uh, I said we'd get to it. And this was a tough decision for me. Um, I don't think that we can go wrong either way, even though now there's like thirds of votes and like two thirds of votes and <laughs> eight of votes. And um, <sighs> what it's going to come down to for me. So I, the, the, the Trinity the trilogy, what you guys are calling it. I, I think that's where my vote's going to lie. Um, so I moved from Florida to Nevada and I can't tell you in that five days of that trip across the U.S. how many times I listened to this and it was just um, am I making the right decision I'm, I'm I need I need to get home is this the right decision so to me that's kind of just a very personal thing I think that just slightly edges the <laughs> I can't keep saying it the trinity over um get back but I don't want to discredit get back I do think of kind of that that same tone and kind of the edgier Beatles songs I think if I were to pit it against come together uh I'd vote for come together on that so that's the only reason these two are very clearly 
equally matched, but I've got to give it to Golden Slumbers. Carry that weight. The end. And with that, the Trinity is moving on, and so are we. Okay, Wait, am I what? like really confused or no? What? You you get a vote, Chris. D- do it's I? Two two. Yeah, it's two to two. Your half okay. votes weren't real. Yeah, th- I, that was a joke. I thought. Yeah. I Sarah, what did you vote for? It's treated as one song. The Trinity. Yeah, so did Mike. So did Jeff. No. No, Jeff no. voted for Get Back. Oh. Then my joke is way off the entire recording. Yeah, I was, I was, I wasn't entirely sure what you were going for there. You're so confused. Oh, yeah, I was just told there would be no math, so I was all like, "What's going on?" <laughs> well, with all that being said, this actually is pretty simple for me because I, I actually will be able to keep the vote going. Um, I love the end. I genuinely do. Um, Nathan, is everything okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I'm just going to leave. He just had to get another beer because he wasn't sure how you were going to vote. <laughs> the Holy Trinity is moving on. The Father, the Son, Holy shit! I did not think that was the way that was going to go. Okay, neither did I. Wow. And we are moving on. Professionalism at its finest. <laughs> you gotta love it. We are moving on, Mike. You're picking us up here. You're leading off a 12-5 matchup. The five seed is She Loves You. The 12 seed is Here, There, and Everywhere. Take us away. Yeah, so this is, I don't know. She Loves You is a classic early Beatles song. Like, it it 100% deserves to be here. It deserves the recognition that it gets because it's one of those songs you can picture them on the Ed Sullivan show singing. It it just has that, that kind of vibe to it. And it's great, but... And, and I love the way that it makes its reappearance in uh, All You Need Is Love. I think I mentioned that when we talked about that song. So it's a, it's a great early Beatles song. But here, there, and everywhere to me, and again, I, obviously I have a huge affinity for the Revolver album, but here, here there, and everywhere is a thing of beauty to me. I, it's, it's simply a magical song to me when I listen to it. I love the, I love the lilt in Paul's voice when he, when he hits those, those high notes and goes into that falsetto. And it it's perfectly placed like on revolver, like after these like trippy, fuzzy sort of moments of the early songs, you get this, this just beautiful melody. It's, and it's this, it's a, it's a simple love song in a way, but yet it, it has this underlying complexity to it. I, I just absolutely adore here, there and everywhere. So I'm going to give it my vote over. She loves you. All right. Mike sticking true to form as we move along. Next vote is going to Nathan. <clears throat> There's one part of here, there, and everywhere that's going to make me vote for it. There is a lot. There, there's a phrase that's used twice in the song, and that is "love never dies." And it goes in the second time it's used. It says, "Each one believing." That love never dies. And that second time that it's sung, there's this slight harmony to it that's very subtle. And it's just for that one lyric, love never dies. And then you just hear this background snapping that just acts as a, um, like, like, it just, it, it just, it's a song that's just well so produced and sung and it's it's one of my favorite love songs of all time. She loves you is 
it, it's a classic, but I can't vote against here, there, and everywhere. That gets my vote. And that's another vote for here, there, and everywhere. Next pick here, we're going everywhere. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Hey, they dropped Winnemucca in that song, and that's my transition to go to Sarah. <laughs> There's so much singing going on today. Um, what I was going to say before you rudely cut me off earlier was when I had first met Mike, I wow. had a, <laughs> a phone case. I don't know. Just as cool as I was. My phone case was the Revolver cover album. And I remember Mike being like this is when we first met me like oh my gosh revolvers my favorite beatles album and at the time i was just like be cool you need friends like don't mess this up you need friends so I'm like, yeah mine too so i'm pretty sure the first half of our friendship mike thought that i was a huge revolver fan um i'll never forget that i i can't even tell you why i had that phone case specifically although the the cover album is sick so i give you that um this one, I've kind of got to go old school Beatles. I was looking through other choices that we've made, and there's not a lot of the really young Beatles, which, as simple as they were, that's what kind of really made the Beatles. And to me, that song is She Loves You. So it's going to get my vote this round. Just I think we need a little old school beat. Uh, Old school Beatles, the simple first songs. She loves you is that song for me. One of my very first Beatles songs that I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving over to Jeff. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point to make that we don't have much of the early Beatles, and I think it, it dives a little bit deeper into some conversations I've had in my life with other folks about how uh, bands such as the Beatles, you don't necessarily. They, they could have been big at the time, but the reason that they are still so big is because they changed and people still went with it because it was still great. And I think there's a lot to say about a band who can change and still have such a great following over all these years. Um, so while I think that, yeah, She Loves You is a prime example of what made them great at the beginning, um, I think these songs are probably not too incredibly different. They just got way better at writing songs later on. Um, so I think here, there, and everywhere, um, while, again, probably not the most popular song, again, is the better song. And there is your 12-5 upset of the bracket. Here, there, and everywhere moves on to the round of 32, and we are moving along. Nathan, you are kicking us off on this one here. The four seed is Penny Lane. The 13th seed is Tomorrow Never Knows. This is the special guest I want to introduce. I know it's a visual medium, and so um, the <laughs> listeners won't know what's going on, but this is my dog, Penny. Uh, she's named after uh, the, the song Penny Lane. Um, yeah, so she she hates the song. I will sing it to her quite frequently. Um, I love it. But, um, Tomorrow Never Knows is, you know, it's it's a George Harrison song. Um, it's good. I think he was just starting to come into his own as a songwriter. It's not my favorite song. I think it's on Sgt. Pepper, if I remember right. It's kind of the song. In Sgt. What song? I, I think you're right? thinking of Within You Without You. I am thinking, I'm thinking the wrong one. Yeah. Um, but Tomorrow Never Knows is, it's okay. 
Penny Lane to me is Paul writing just a great song. It's a great pop song. It's well produced. It's 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 a perfect song. Um, so I need to vote for Penny Lane, uh, both because it's a great song and because I can't vote against my dog. <laughs> well. There's two good reasons to cast one vote for Penny Lane. The next pick goes to Sarah. We're not back to math again, are we? <laughs> one. Um, no, we've, we've determined that's not good for Chris. <laughs> I, I, My best friend, her dog is named Penny for the exact same reason. I think other people on this panel may have other things named after Penny Lane that aren't dogs. Um, but... Mike, am I correct in that Tomorrow Never Knows is on Revolver, right? You are correct, yes. Okay. Because it's surprisingly one of my favorite songs on Revolver, but it does not compare to Penny Lane. Um, It is slightly chaotic, which is kind of a strange mix for me, but I I feel like of the songs, I tend to lean toward that one a little bit more. But Penny Lane, you can't beat that for... I'm sure we'll talk about this later. So Penny Lane gets my vote. All right. Penny Lane has another vote. The next vote goes to Jeff. Well, uh, I think the viewers probably can't see this because, again, we're an audio medium. But uh, I, too, have a uh, an affinity to the name Penny. I, uh, I just named this measuring tape uh penny because i don't i don't like the name stanley anymore so uh, i too have an affinity for things named penny um just putting it out there in case anyone cares uh, uh I, I i once drove down penny lane um i'm trying to think what else could work here um you know I, I, these are two songs in which i will normally vote for uh either piano driven uh with horns uh, or more rock-inspired type music. Um, so it, it made it a little difficult for me. But again, I got to go back to uh, my measuring tape here. I love it so much. And because it's named Penny, I'm going to go Penny Lane. And Mike, it's over to you. Do we have a sweep? Well, I just want to say I, I, I also brought a special guest. <laughs> I thought you were going to pull your kid out of nowhere. I'm like, that no, means- I, I, I actually thought about just going and grabbing her from her. You're the whole job, time. But- so, but to, to be, to be clear, uh, we loved the name Penny and then later we retrofitted it to be like, Oh, like Penny Lane. So technically speaking, our daughter, do- our second daughter was not named after Penny Lane. It was just a great coincidence, but, um, I, uh, obviously Penny Lane is moving on. Uh, it will be getting my vote, but I wanted to share a fun factoid about tomorrow. Never knows from my own personal experience. I can tell you the first time I ever heard Tomorrow Never Knows, and it was not the Beatles version. Did you know that Phil Collins has a version of Tomorrow Never Knows? It's the closing track off of his first solo album, which also happened to be the first CD that I ever owned because my aunt and uncle bought me that CD in conjunction with my parents buying me a Discman. Uh, Because I was a big Phil Collins fan, and I feel no shame in that. Like the dude, he was on point when it comes to uh, 80s anthemic pop. I don't apologize for that. Tomorrow Never Knows, it's uh, it sounds like what you would expect Phil Collins Tomorrow Never Knows to sound like. He ups the percussion in a major way. He kind of popifies a little bit. He strips out a lot of the kind of unique, cool sound structures that make it such an awesome track on Revolver. 
in in the spirit of what Sarah was just saying about her phone case, I did decide to pour this next beer into my Beatles revolver pint glass. I'll be drinking it out of that. And I will be voting for Penny Lane because uh, I absolutely love that song. We'll be talking more about it later. Well, we definitely will. Penny Lane moves on to the round of 32. We are moving on. We have got four picks left in this portion of the bracket. And we're going to start this one off with Sarah. Sarah, you have got the six seed day tripper, the 11 seed. Don't let me down. Take us away. This one's really hard for me. I don't think anyone's ever going to forget that opening guitar riff to day tripper. Um, but don't let me down. It's, it's almost violence, not the correct word, but it's forceful and it's powerful. And I'm going to go with what I originally picked when I was going down this list, kind of my gut feeling. Cause the more I think about it and the more I go back and forth between the two, I don't know that I can pick one. There's not a clear one to me. Um, so I'm going to, my vote goes to the opening guitar for Day Tripper. That's what it came down to. Uh, I probably can talk too much about these songs, so I'm going to leave it at that and see what you guys have to say. I think it's a hell of an opening guitar riff. Day Tripper picks up its first vote. The next pick here is going to Jeff. Yeah, I think uh, for a 6 and 11, see, this one's incredibly difficult because they are both incredible songs. Um. You get again. You, you can lay into the uh, that opening guitar rift as being, I don't know, top ten maybe. Um, as far as like what people are going to know for recognizable guitar riffs, um, but I, I I I kind of agree with Sarah. Just the uh, the emotion, the pleading desperation uh, that you get from uh, "Don't Let Me Down." Um, would be a great reason to vote for it, um, but I'm mostly going to vote for it because of the, the amount of tambourine and day tripper. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a one to one tie. We're going to bring it over to Mike. You guys are big teasers. You took me half the way there. Um, <laughs> so, so stop me if you've heard this one before. This was a really tough matchup, especially for being a six eleven seed. I uh, I love both of these songs. Genuinely love both of the songs. You guys have mentioned the guitar riff for Day Tripper. It that's iconic. It's just one of those. It, it just starts you right off. It brings you into the song. It does have a lot of tambourine. I will concede that point to Jeff. Uh, but it's just a fun rock and melody. But at the same time, there is something very cathartic about Lennon and McCartney harmonizing as they you know sing don't let me down at each other right when the band was within a year more or less of breaking up and it's it's and and thinking of the context in which that song was written it's, it's kind of like i was thinking about this a little bit earlier considering the song john is sort of you know everybody loves to slag yoko for breaking up the beatles which Thank goodness we have the Get Back documentary where Paul literally jokes about that because it was so clearly not the reason that the Beatles broke up in hindsight. And there is there's a lot of bad stuff revolving around that. Uh, no pun intended, as I take another sip from my revolver glass. <laughs> um, but it is it's like it's like John, you know, he's kind of begging the, the other guys in a way lyrically through this song like. Don't let me down this because no one has ever loved me like this before. 
and this, you know, I wanted, I want to her to be part of this. And I, 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 you know, it's, it's genuinely, I was thinking, I think it might be his most vulnerable song, even more so than help. It's, it's incredibly powerful. Uh, even if some of the lyrics are, are actually kind of a little cheeky and silly, I think that's just sort of John's way of kind of, you know, in a way he was kind of the ironic lyricist before that was cool in terms of uh, keeping that distance between listeners. I, as much as I love Day Tripper, I feel like I've got to give this to Don't Let Me Down Here. I just think that it's, it's a little more of a powerful listen for me. But man, this was this is a tough one. I, I literally didn't even have anything written down, but that's that's where I am right now. So I'm going to give my vote to Don't Let Me Down. All right. Don't Let Me Down has got a 2-1 lead. Nathan, it's over to you. When I was a freshman in college, I did what every male culture does at one point, and that's pick up the guitar and learn to play or try to play. I did so terribly. But one of the first songs I tried playing was Day Tripper, just because I love that opening guitar riff so much. I thought it was one of the best openings of of, of a song of all time. Um, Don't Let Me Down. It's probably my favorite song from the rooftop concert. And I actually, from the Get Back documentary, have not finished the last episode because I want to save watching the rooftop concert on that documentary for a special occasion. I think, and Sarah, I I used a few adjectives. Um, The the adjective I would use to describe this song is for a love song is, to me, it's gritty. It's not a a pop love song. It's a gritty, dirty, down the gutters love song. Um, And I think at this time, Lennon probably was struggling with uh, his heroin use. Towards the end of the Mm -hmm. Beatles, he he was really struggling with his heroin use. Um, But damn, did that create a really good song. Don't Let Me Down is a man on his knees begging somebody that loves him not to let him down, which I think we've all felt felt out, let down my love at one point or another. I had Day Tripper circled originally, but the more I think about how powerful Don't Let Me Down is, I am going to give my vote to that gritty love song don't let me down. Yeah, with that, don't let me down moves on to the round of 32. And we are bringing the next pick over to Jeff to kick us off. Jeff, you have got the three seed while my guitar gently weeps, taking on the 14 seed Lady Madonna. Yeah, this is, a, again, a, a 314 matchup that does not need to be as difficult as it is. Um, for me, I actually love Lady Madonna. Um, the sax part throughout it is just a joy. Um, it, it, gotta love a good sax song. Uh, but I think that the better song and the one that I'm going to probably end up turning on more is While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Um, it's just an incredible song. And then hearing those riffs throughout it, um, it really just kind of draws you in. Um, so for me, I'm going to go While My Guitar Gently Weeps. All right. And Mike, you're up. Yeah, I am on record as saying the entirety of music would be better if we had more saxophone. So I completely uh, second what Jeff says here. I really like Lady Madonna too. But the in spite of that, this isn't a tough one for me. Uh, as much as I do love Lady Madonna, 
it's got that great play on words with the the see how they run, you know, first with the children and then with the the stockings. Like I I, I love that. It's it's a jaunty and fun song, which is somewhat interesting given the subject matter because it's basically about a woman kind of struggling to raise her family. Great song. It it is it's truly an exemplary work of the of I guess I would say early late period Beatles. I don't know if that's sort of oxymoronish, but it's like it's it's kind of in that transitional time. Uh, about like 66 ish great song but while my guitar gently weeps holds a special place in my heart in addition to just being a tremendous song it was actually i would consider it to be my gateway song into the broader beaters beatles catalog like i basically knew the singles and that was it and honestly not even all the singles and then so, somehow a friend of mine introduced me to while my guitar gently weeps and i was like holy shit like okay I'm starting to get why these guys have such, you know, this tremendous reputation as, as these guys. And that kind of led me into this much deeper dive, uh, that subsequently led me, what is this, uh, to 23 years hence now, uh, not to date myself too much, uh, on, and now we're in this bracket. So, uh, you know, while my guitar gently weeps, uh, Wonderful song. I, I love that. I think it's interesting that uh, it was the first time that the Beatles brought in, like not other than like an orchestra and stuff like that, brought in a guest musician and Eric Clapton to kind of play the, the lead guitar part to sort of sort of mix it up a little bit. Um, but and, and and George, this is the first George song that I think I, I, there's other George songs I like, but this is the first song where he just really cements himself as a truly talented lyricist, in my opinion. Um, and, and oh, by the way, if you've never seen the trip, the version they played at the tribute to George Harrison concert, uh, with a bunch of people, it's like, uh, Tom Petty was there, uh, Jeff Lynn, George's son was there, but most, most famously Prince ripping off like this insane three minute guitar solo, do yourself a favor, look it up. It's tremendous. While my guitar gently weeps is such a fantastic song. I think we'll be talking about more later, but it gets my vote. Sorry. I was rambling. No, you're good. Bring it over to Nate. <clears throat> I'm going to keep it short and sweet. This is George's best song. Um, Lady Madonna is a good song. It's not a great song. While my, while my guitar gently weeps, gets my vote. Short, sweet, to the point. Let's see what Sarah has to say. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to try and be short. But there are Beatles songs and there are George Harrison songs. And to me, all of his songs have an entirely different vibe to them it's a different feeling i immediately can tell when it's george harrison's song the fact that eric clapton was guitar on this is equally amazing um i'll talk about it more later but while my guitar gently weeps for sure gets my vote all right and that moves it along in a sweep and we are moving along two picks left in this portion of the bracket two picks left in the round of 64 Mike, you're kicking us off here. The seven seed paperback writer, the ten seed eight days a week. I think it was I think it was you guys that I was joking to, Chris and Jeff, when we were discussing this bracket earlier that I was as I was considering it, I was trying to think about how to not, you know, blab on and on and on, which clearly I failed. Uh, but I think I think the reference I made was I feel like I could talk longer about the baseline to paperback writer than the actual song is. Um <laughs> But I love Paperback Writer. The nine vocal 
nine part vocal harmony or whatever it is that they use for the chorus tends to get all the attention, but those, that guitar and that guitar riff and that bass line are just phenomenal musical underpinnings of this song. The, the story goes that basically people were like, somebody was teasing Paul, like, can you guys write songs about something other than love? And Paul basically looked over and saw a book and he said, sure, I'll write it. I'll write a song about a book here. You fucking go. And paperback writer was the result. Like, and that was just because they were at the height of both their popularity and their, you know, creativity at that point, they were just firing on all cylinders. Payback writer is a wonderful song. I, I do like eight days a week. I mean, it's, it's, it's good enough for late early Beatles. I just use early late and I'm going to use late early, but I feel like it's a little bit of, they're kind of retreading a little bit. They're, it's, they're not doing a whole lot that's that's new or, or particularly interesting. It's like, okay, we did the malapropism for a hard day's night. Now we're going to do eight days a week, and that's, you know, kind of do the same thing. It just has a little bit of a going through the motions vibe to it. Uh, not that it's not still a great song. In fact, Paul opened for it when I saw him, but opened with it when I saw him. But um, it, it, is, it is a good song, but it's no paperback writer. Paperback writer gets my vote. All right. Next pick goes to Nathan. What he said. Um, <laughs> the, the guitar, the bass, and the vocals. Uh, paperback writer, I think, is overlooked a lot of times. It's 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 not going to be in a top ten list, I don't think. Um, but it is a an example of when the Beatles were going from you know live shows to really producing songs and making them you know, pushing themselves as, as songwriters, producers, creators, pushing envelope and harmonies, what you could do as a rock band. Um, and Paperback Writer does that really well. Lyrically, it's not the best. It, it, it's an okay song. But if you take away the lyrics and just have the music, it is a banger, I think the kids say these days. So <laughs> Paperback Writer gets my vote. All right, Paperback Writer keeps the train rolling. Sarah, we're over to you. Oh, no. Um, I love Eight Days a Week. I I think it's sweet. I think the rhythm's great. Uh, I do agree with my predecessors on why Paperback Writer is probably the deeper song. Um since I would assume, which is a little bold, that it is moving on, I'm going to give a little love to Eight Days a Week. I think it's just a, oh, God, I'm, I'm so lame. It's just a sweet little love song. Uh, that's all I got to say. Like, how can I love you even more than I possibly do? Even more days in a week. So Eight Days a Week gets my vote. Well, Sarah, keeping stuff on brand. Jeff, over hey. to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that both of these songs are probably, uh, I mean, well known for great fun bass, bass uh, rhythms. Um, you know, it, eight days a week might be a little bit, I would say, uh, a little bit funkier, kind of. Um, but I mean, they're both great grooves. But uh, Paperback Writer is such a uh, an interesting uh, insight into a band who has gotten so big they don't know what to do anymore except just fuck around and find out really uh, i mean basically be challenged to write a song that's not about love and then challenge yourself to write a song that only has one chord i mean it, 
it's it's an incredible insight into well, uh, why not see what happens and find out? Um, so I think uh, uh, with that, they still managed to pull out such a uh, a musically interesting song, even though they basically just sit there on the G chord until they hit the C for the uh, the the chorus there, and it's uh, it's an incredible song to put together that way. So I'm gonna go with Paperback Writer as well. And Paperback Writer is moving along, and we're down to the last pick in the round of 64. And we're going to start this one off with Nathan. Nathan, you're choosing between the two-seed Strawberry Fields Forever or the 15-seed of Taxman. Take us away. I'm going to be happy that there is probably a good distance between Sarah and I because I'm going to do something dangerous, and that's maybe Bad Mouth, a George Harrison song. Yeah. Um, Taxman's not... (laughs) um, Taxman's not my favorite song. I think it was very early in his songwriting journey. Um, I think the lyrics are just okay. Um, to me, the lyrics are come out of it. It, it can be sung at the Republican National Convention. Um, it's yeah. just it's, it's it's not my type of song. Um, Strawberry Fields Forever. It is this warm, majestic work of art, and one of my favorite. Beatles lyrics are in this song and that is living is easy with eyes closed. I love that lyric. It's a beautiful lyric. Um, I love the fact that it's named after a real place. It's probably one of my favorite um, songs from that era. Um, I think it probably deserved to be on Sgt. Pepper's. Um, It's my vote very easily goes to strawberry fields forever. Strawberry Fields Forever, the two-seed has its first pick. Sarah, we're going to you. Well, this is getting strange because not only is George Harrison song, but it's also on Revolver. So we <laughs> had a problem here. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, with all due respect of the George Harrison songs, yes, I concede I can see this one. I don't think of it as a George Harrison song. Um, I think that was very early on, and I'm going to forgive him for that. Uh, that being said, Strawberry Fields Forever is strange to me. So if you've ever been in Central Park, like I just had to go to Strawberry Fields. It was just part of the park. But like for that moment, I felt like I was part of something. Um, we had a tour and you could see, you know, John Lennon where he lived and they were going through this. And I just felt like even though it was just a part of Central Park, I, I felt like I, I was there. Um, so, yeah, the one time, I don't know, I still don't count Taxman. I don't think it fits with any other George Harrison song. Um, Strawberry Fields Forever gets my vote strawberry fields forever has another vote next pick here is going to jeff yeah i think what we should do is probably rag on how bad tax man is a little bit longer um <laughs> lyrically it's an it's a bad song uh i understand the uh kind of the the parody and irony of singing it from that perspective but it's just kind of lazy uh that being said musically that thing grooves Man, that thing grooves, but uh, you know, you wish they kind of put a little more effort into it because it could uh, it could have been something good. Uh, that being said, "Strawberry Fields Forever" is an incredible song. I love the uh, 
the usage of the uh i forget which brand it was but the uh tambourine uh, no no tambourine here hey. um god why can't i think of what it's called Mellotron? uh the, yeah the Mellotron at the, the beginning is uh i mean i love that in most songs that's out there but uh it, it's such an incredibly written song there's there's just no way that taxman could ever hold a candle to it so strawberry fields forever all right mike take us home I'm sorry. I love tax man. <laughs> I really do. I it's be, I, it, all right. First off, let's get, let's just, let's just say this outright. It is probably the most materialistic Beatles song with the possible exception of baby or rich man. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it, ironically coming from the, the, the person that was generally kind of considered the most spiritual Beatle, you know, most, most into Eastern religious religions and stuff like that. He was very, very much focused on, you know, like the guy that wrote, and he's also the guy that wrote tax man in his defense, 95% is a hell of a tax rate. Even, even if you're in the top tax bracket, that's still a hell of a tax rate. So you kind of have to, had to cut him a little slack and, and, and Jeff hit the nail on the head. Musically, that song fucking rips your face off. I love it as an opener to Revolver, where he kind of just counts it down. One, two, three, four. And then you get that crunchy guitar. If it's like, hey, you know all that relatively clean guitar work that we were doing on Rubber Soul? Throw that out the window. <laughs> this is what you're getting in this, in this album. I mean, I, I think Tax, Tax Man is just such a fantastic opener to Revolver. It's up against Strawberry Fields forever. Come on. I, I really do like Taxman, but Strawberry Fields Forever is such a unique artistic achievement in terms of the Beatles canon and in terms of John Lennon's uh, writing and the, the way that he approached songs and everything like that. It's just beautiful. And there's so many unique things about the way that they recorded that. I remember watching a YouTube clip a while back where it was talking about how they had to, they actually had to slow down the tape because they recorded two different parts and spliced them together and they had to slow it down to make it blend together. A lot of really interesting stuff went into that song and it's what part of what makes it otherworldly, but then lyrically it's just so evocative and interesting. It's, it's really, really hard to vote against that song. And as much as I love tax, man, I still can't do, do it here. So strawberry fields forever gets my vote as well. And with that, that brings us to the end of round of the round of 64. Next time you hear from us, we will be diving into the round of 32. When we get to this portion of the bracket, these are the matchups you're going to be expecting. Hey Jude will be taking on the Holy Trinity. <laughs> Here, there, and everywhere will take on Penny Lane. Don't let me down against While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And paperback writer taking on Strawberry Fields forever. If you thought, if you're sitting there going, you know, these were tough decisions tonight. Oh, Lordy, you all ain't seen nothing yet. Good grief. We do hope you're enjoying what we're doing here at Boozy Bracketology. If you enjoy what we do and you want to give back, patreon.com slash PTEBB is your exclusive home for all the bonus content. Not just for our, not just for Boozy Bracketology, but our sister podcast, the pub trivia experience. Uh, we have a regular show that drops on there called Boozy Revisited, where we look back at the previous brackets and dissect all the bad decisions that we made. We have bonus brackets that drop there regularly. We're working on a Batman villain bonus bracket that I'm really looking forward to recording. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, we're going to be go taking it from a route of Batman villains that Batman in the movie has never actually fought. 
So it'll be a little mini bracket we'll be doing. Uh, not fought in a movie, at least. But uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. we got a few mini brackets going on that we're going to be recording here soon. It's going to be a good time. Find us on Facebook. It's called The Lounge. Fans of pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology. Come on there. Tell us what we got right. Tell us what we got wrong. Tell us why only two of the three songs from the Holy Trinity are your favorite Beatles songs of all time. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with the round of 32. But for Boozy Bracketology, I have been Chris. I'm Nathan with Penny. <laughs> I'm Sarah. I'm just Jeff. And I am Mike. And Stanley is here somewhere as well, I'm sure. <laughs> That's what we call a callback. We'll see you all later. Have a good one, everybody.